lacking an understanding of how their physiology, the different systems of their body actually work. And so what we need to be aware of is that our words become their inner voice. Welcome to Minding Bliss, the podcast where we embark on a journey to unlock the incredible potential of your mindset. Join me as I dive deep into the profound impact your mindset has on your path as a mompreneur. I'm your host, Jessica, a passionate and dedicated mindset and habits coach, and I am here to guide you on a transformative path where your mindset, habits, and goals merge to help you create a blissful life. Each week, we'll explore powerful strategies, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you conquer your mindset overcome obstacles, and thrive in both your business and motherhood. Whether you're a mompreneur juggling all the demands of family and entrepreneurship or seeking personal growth, this is the place for you. Get ready to transform your mindset, find the motivation that you need, and take action to create the results that you want. So grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and let's get started on this incredible journey together. Welcome to Minding Bliss. Hey mama, welcome to another episode of Minding Bliss. Today I have the pleasure and the blessing of interviewing Jessica, who is a certified parenting coach and a yoga instructor and the founder of the Find My Zen Fam movement. Jessica is propelled by a vision of humanity experiencing deep, meaningful connections with one another, removing judgment from relationships and thriving by supporting one another in authenticity. She guides parents to apply current science-based research in human development and psychology to overcome daily parenting struggles like yelling and tantrums, which also combats the world pandemic of low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. When parents work with Jessica, they can expect to gain cooperation with their children without sacrificing connection. In this episode, Jessica shares a wealth of knowledge, as you can see. So let's go ahead and welcome her. I am so excited to learn more about you, learn about what you do in your business, which I'm honestly so blessed and excited. I feel so honored that we connected. And the fact that you are a certified parenting coach and a yoga instructor, yoga teacher, you're going to bring so much value to these amazing entrepreneurs who are listening. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for providing this amazing platform for other moms, because we definitely share a core belief. And that is that moms are not meant to do it alone. So whether you're a mompreneur, a stay-at-home mom, any type of mom, support needs to become the standard and normalized and not just um, something for people who are really drowning. So I love that you offer this platform. Absolutely. A thousand percent. I could not agree more. I'm a mompreneur myself and I've had to learn, you know, I can't do it all on my own. It's just impossible to do that. So I really just feel so blessed, like I said, to have you here because it's going to be amazing. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and get started. Um, And I want to kick it off with my first question. And that is, can you share your journey and what led you to become an entrepreneur as a certified parenting coach and a yoga instructor? Absolutely. So both my journey as becoming a yoga teacher and a parenting coach, it was almost like I didn't have an option when the calling hit, like it was just loud and clear within me. Um, So I really started to get more serious about my yoga when I became a stay-at-home mom. And this is after I left a career in marketing for 15 years. And I was a horrible stay-at-home mom. And I knew I had to get out of the house to do something for myself in order to have patience for this crazy job because I had three toddlers at home every day. I pulled them out of daycare too um, when I decided to leave my job and do this. So it was like 24-7. 
And when I started yoga, it was an amazing, magical, life-changing experience. It was not just a physical exercise. I had done weight training, volleyball. I mean, very physical. I love physical activity. And this was different. It was creating patience. It was creating clarity. It was getting me really in touch with my inner knowing, building the strength. I could go on and on about the benefits of it. And so right away, I knew I wanted to do the training, but I didn't want to be a teacher. I was terrified to talk in front of people. Um, There were so many reasons I didn't want to be a teacher, but I needed to know more about the magic. And then when I did become, finally do the training five years later, I started off just doing it on my own because yoga teachers don't get paid that much. And I knew if it was going to take time away from my family, um, then I needed it to also make sense financially for me. And so when you do do it on your own as a entrepreneur, um, instead of like inside of a studio, um, working for somebody else, it does have a lot of financial opportunity. Um, and then when I decided to become a parenting coach was because oh, I was drowning. I was drowning for like six years in kid trouble, yelling at my kids every day, realizing it, it was all that yelling that went on as I was a kid. And I swore it wouldn't happen in my house. And it was happening, even though I wanted it so bad to be different. And I knew it was creating a disconnect between me and my kids. And I read all these books. I did all the courses um, in a a parenting app and nothing was shifting in my home. And some of the books made sense, but I just couldn't apply it. It wasn't working like that. Um, And then for others, I was applying it, but it's still some of those techniques didn't seem to be working. And so when I discovered parent coaching existed, I was like, what is this? There's other people like me and there's somebody who can help me. And I was so excited. And this is somebody who thought like, I'm not that person who needs support and help. Like me and my husband were super active. He was super supportive and involved. And then when I went on to read the curriculum that I would have to learn to be a parenting coach, it listed things I had never heard of, even though I had been studying parenting for over six years. Wow. Like attachment science, nervous system science, brain science, emotional intelligence, conscious communication. And I am not a science person that has never been my favorite subject. And I was ecstatic because I knew this was the missing link that was going to help me find peace and connection in my home. So right then and there, when I read it, I knew with every part of me, it was my purpose, um, my calling to repurpose that pain and to serve other families in the same way that this curriculum and this training served me. That is amazing. And I can, I can promise you that there are moms who are literally going through what you experienced before. And, you know, as a first time mom, I remember when I just had my baby and I was like, it's so easy not to yell at your kid. (laughs) Right. I mean, you have a newborn. I guess there's not a lot of yelling that goes on there, but I'm sure that as they get older and I mean, right now my baby's a toddler, right? And now I'm like telling him, nope, don't go there. No, don't do this. No. And, you know, I'm right there with you where I'm like, I catch myself following the same or falling into the same patterns that the way that I was corrected or disciplined, not that it was bad, but I just sometimes I catch myself saying no so much to him that I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I just... 
I want him to be careful. And I've looked into some things and I've seen how, you know, instead of saying no, you can say something else. Instead of saying all the time, be careful with this, be careful with that. It's almost like you're instilling so much fear. And I'm not saying that parents are doing that on purpose. I'm not saying my parents did that on purpose. They're doing it out of love, Mm -hmm. but it may not be the best way Anyways, I, this is not like my therapy session, but I do have to say that um, the way that I was raised, I, you know, I, I attribute some of my fears because of the way that I was raised, I guess. I don't know if I want to use that word, but it can be hard to parent. You know, it can be, it can be tough. It's one thing to learn about it, to see it, but it's a different, it's a different thing to actually implement it and have to experience it yourself. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, I only have one baby right now. But I'm sure you know that every child is different and that you have to maybe discipline and teach one child a different way than what you would with your oldest or your youngest. And so, wow, there's a lot of learning for sure. And I love that you were able to experience that, even though it wasn't super pleasant in the beginning. But now you have the tools and now you're able to empower all these amazing moms that are struggling and and need it. So thank you for sharing your story. That was so empowering for me to hear. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, I definitely like parents to know that there is no judgment in um, my coaching. I have yelled at my kids. I've done the timeouts. I've held the door shut so they couldn't come out, you know, to get out of their timeout early. I did all the things that felt awful. And I was full of mom guilt constantly while also knowing I'm smart. I'm a self-starter. I'm trying so hard. Like there is something big missing here. And there absolutely is this information that we need is buried. And the old outdated parenting paradigms that we were told to do the timeouts, the reward charts, ignore them when they're doing bad behavior, um, punish them to a consequence. All of those things are outdated. They have proven to cause more harm than good. Uh, my program and my training is all backed by current renowned psychologists um, and uh, scientists in human development and child development. And thanks to MRI imaging of the brain, thanks yeah. to new understanding about emotions, um, thanks to understanding our nervous system better, like what's actually happening when our kids are tantruming, uh, there are processes we can follow so that our kids can be emotionally resilient. And so in the future, when they're in high school and peer pressure is hitting them or in college, they're not going, they're going to know how to use their no voice. They are going to know this is anger. This is sadness. Like I've experienced these, these emotions before. And my mom modeled for me day after day, year after year, decade after decade, how to surf this big wave of emotion easily. So I'm not going to have to mute it. I'm not going to have to avoid it. And I'm not going to have to use drugs or alcohol to make myself feel better. I'm not going to have to um, have food issues, you know, eating disorders, all the things that we do. And that's really because we are not an emotionally, emotionally intelligent society. I remember early in our marriage, I would just default to (laughs) what we know as stonewalling, right? I would just stay quiet, the silent treatment. In other words, I wouldn't say anything. And he's always been the one who wants to talk through things. And I've always been the one who just wants to push it away, worry about it later, But that's because I'm in my head. I'm in my emotions. And I can't, uh, at least in the beginning, like I said, in our marriage, it was harder because I 
do not feel like I had that emotional intelligence skill. I don't think I was taught that. And now as a married person and now as a mother, I catch myself like, oh, wait, no, this is not what I want my child to. This is not how I want him to behave. So I need to be the example. So everything that you're saying is so on point. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, I totally understand what you're saying, because the way that that a lot of parents raised children back in the day, you know, maybe 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even our parents, even though they were doing their best, still wasn't the best for us in the way that we can um, manage our emotions. And I think that's huge because a lot of what we do, a lot of what we say is all based off of our emotions and what we're feeling. And so, wow, you just, yeah, that was amazing. So I wanted to jump to the next question that I had, which is, so when we connected, you briefly mentioned your mission with Find My Zen Fam, which involves standardizing parent training for all parents. So could you provide a little bit more detail about this mission and how its principles and practices can particularly benefit mompreneurs who often balance, you know, the roles of being a mom and a business owner and entrepreneur and so forth? Absolutely. So when I finished being coached, they want to know at the end of it, like, what was your biggest takeaway? And my takeaway kept evolving. Like as I was speaking, it it was like, oh my gosh, children are widely and dangerously misunderstood. And then it was bigger than that. I thought, wait a minute, I learned so much about myself during this program that I didn't know just about my humanness. And then um, I realized like my parents didn't understand any of this either. And so my biggest takeaway was the reason it's so hard, parenting is so hard is because we are humans responsible for raising other human beings without actually understanding how human beings work. And so, yeah, we never got a handbook. (laughs) No, no. And there wasn't one available. I say until now, the information is here and it makes sense. And it just was like the pieces of the puzzle coming together when you go through it and learn, you have to, first we unlearn. Like you said, we go backwards to go forward. So it's never to blame our parents. Our parents are amazing superstars. Um, And it can also coexist that we didn't get what we needed as children and what was best for us. And so we go backwards and look at that. Our parents' parenting styles, our parent parenting styles, what our attachment was to them. And yours was an avoidant attachment to emotions, like avoid them at all costs. And so most likely when you were little, you weren't co-regulated with and taught how to process them and how to just make a decision off of that and that that emotion has a purpose And let's just problem solve together to figure out that purpose. So when I realized this bigger problem, I just had this huge calling within my heart. And that's, that's kind of how I feel all things in my business. Like my heart is pulling me in this direction and I can't deny it. I have to follow it is to make this standard for all parents because it's the hardest job in the world and we don't receive any training. And it's the highest risk job too, right? There's all kinds of things that can go wrong and it's super scary. And you hear it all the time about that normal average family. Nobody knew this was going on with the daughter, you know, that she was a drug user or whatever, or committed suicide, all of these things. And what happens a lot of times is low self-esteem originates in the parent-child dynamic. You know, if there's a Um, power over tendency, the authoritarian parent coming down on top of the kid a lot. Who does that feel good to? Nobody. 
not as an adult, not as a child. We're all humans, even though we have a difference in age and size. And so with that, right, if you're correcting me all day long and you're ostracizing me to my room, yeah. um, children don't interpret that the way we think they do. It feels like rejection and a, a pullback of our love. Like we're yeah. taking our love back. It's like and controlling them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way their brains interpret it. Of course, the parent doesn't mean that. But like I said, we know more now, thankfully. And so um, from there, low self-esteem blooms into bigger problems like anxiety, depression, um, so many other things. And that is why we have all the problems that we have today. And so I really wanted to turn this into a movement. It's not a company to me. It's like, it's like, it's hard because we haven't had the proper training. Now it's finally here and let's get it out to everybody, the right information. Wow. That's, it's just so incredible to see that, like you said, we have that information now and that can make all the difference, which thank goodness for the day that we, you know, the, the days that we live in now because of all the information that is out there. And yes, with so much information, there can also come overwhelm because it's like, okay, well, where do I look? Where do I turn? And I just, I, I can't help, but just feel grateful for knowing that, you know, my parents, your parents and everyone's parents have done their best mm. and their parents so our grandparents there did their best. And so now as as parents, we're doing the best that we can. We learned from what our parents did and things that we liked, things as we <laughs> things that we didn't like. Like you said, you 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 know, you look back and you realize, okay, I this is not what's going to happen in my home. And then you start catching yourself behaving in a way that maybe that's how your parents behaved and you're like, "Oh no, I'm becoming like my mom or my dad and I don't want that." So, it's true. We do have to unlearn a lot of things. One of the things that um I, for example, I personally had to unlearn in the beginning was just understanding that anger is not a bad emotion. Mm. It's an emotion, but it's not a bad emotion. It is okay to feel angry. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be such a game changer when you realize that you can feel all these emotions. In fact, you should be feeling all these emotions. You should be feeling angry, sad, excited, happy, you name it. But it's just about how we go about those emotions. And so that was just a game changer for sure for me in understanding that because when my baby's angry or when he's throwing a tantrum, it's not that he is trying to give me a hard time. He's having a hard moment. And what can I do? How would I like to be held if I was throwing a tantrum? Of course, you know, I I shouldn't (laughs) as an adult. But if I was feeling upset and if I was feeling angry... The last thing I want is for someone to tell me, specifically my loved one, to tell me, get over it. Stop crying. It's not a big deal. Behave. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I would want someone, well, as in my loved one, right? My husband or my mom or whatever, to embrace me and to let me know that it's okay to validate my feelings and to help me move through those feelings and not shut them out. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. Accepting that emotions are human. They're never going to go away. And we can learn how to move through those in a quicker and healthier way. And it involves naming those feelings, not looking at them as bad behavior, like you mentioned, feeling the feelings physically within the body, not rushing that process, Um, and then naming the need or the want that is behind it. And then empowerment. How are you going to get that need or want met? It felt like you got hit by a tidal wave. Okay. Now let's get up from that. Once we've done all those other steps and let's make you an amazing little problem solver, kiddo. 
And I'm going to show you how to do it. And we'll be right by your side. Um, I know the other part of your question was how does this mission and its practices play a role with mompreneurs specifically? Um, and first of all, I mean, this is for everybody. This training puts all the guesswork out of it. So you have concrete processes to go through and these match any stage or age of the parenting journey, toddlers, elementary, middle school, high school, and parents who have grown kids and the relationship is broke and you want to know where things went wrong, they got to go back and you're going to have to learn how to repair a lot of things, but there is absolutely hope for every relationship at any age and stage. And this is all the basis of it. And in fact, this plays a role in every other relationship you have as well. These skills can be used in your marriage, um, your friendship. So for mompreneurs specifically, because you are busy, you are stressed, you're trying to juggle so much, it takes the guesswork out. You've, you've received your training, you've received your practice, you received your integration, and I'll point out that this is what makes it a lot different than reading a book or doing that app that I did is there wasn't integration. That's why it wasn't shifting things in my home. And so that's where coaching comes into play and journaling and all the many facets that make up the program that I offer is because it is so thorough and we go back and we get it out of the body and the mind. And then once we do that, you can make real change. If there's no awareness over what's stored in our subconscious and those first seven years of our life, we're on autopilot. We're programmed to be how we're going to be the rest of our life during those uh, first seven years. And so we are actually walking the planet only 5% conscious. The rest of us is on repeat. That's why we're not when first time I did the week on conscious communication, I was like, oh my God, I just corrected my child 20 times in one hour. Like literally she is going to be that child that grows up that can't stand to hear my voice. And when I call and say, I want to come over for dinner, she's going to roll her eyes, tell her partner, my mom wants to come over for dinner. That is not the future I want for me and my kids. And, um, it was just incredible to have, that's the first step, right? Education, so then we become aware. And then it's a multi-step process to transformation, but it's so freeing and so worth it. Oh, absolutely. It's, and like, and you said it, awareness is the first step. You don't know what you don't know. I say that all the time, because if you really are just going in autopilot, to me, honestly, that's so sad. That's so sad mm-hmm. because you don't have control over your life. Yeah. Life to happen to you instead of you making life happen. And mm-hmm. it's so, it's so sad. It's so sad not to be in control of your life. And yes, you know, there are circumstances obviously that you can't control. You can't control somebody else. But if we look at it, life is what's happening through your eyes. And what you can control is your mindset. You can control the way you respond. And I wouldn't say react, but the way that you choose to respond to something, to someone. And it's as you were talking, I I was just having all these light bulb moments where, you know, everything is so intertwined. When you said, you know, this not only applies with your kids, but I was, yeah, I was thinking this applies with your, you know, in your marriage, with your parents, even if they're older, so like my parents, right? And it affects all areas. It impacts all areas of your life. And so at the end of the day, you know, money is amazing. Money is great. Money makes life more comfortable. And why not have money in the world, right? And all these materialistic things that we have are great and we need them. We want them. There's nothing bad with wanting that. But relationships 
I would say are the most important Mm. relationships are lasting. I believe that they are forever. And if we don't have a strong relationship with our kids or our spouse or our parents or family or friends or whoever it is, I really don't believe someone can be happy, truly happy. It's a tricky thing to juggle. And I think especially a great time to point it out as we're talking about how does this benefit the mompreneur? Um, because if you're like me, I'm telling you my callings to teach yoga, my callings to become a parenting coach. It's almost like my heart is just dragging me. Like I have to, I cannot avoid the calling. It is what I'm meant to do. It's meant I'm how I'm to serve. And I have the whole reason I'm doing it, which is my kids and my husband and my friends and family is the reason that I went on this course. And so how as mompreneurs, do we find that balance, right? We're being called, we want to live our life. We want to set that example for our kids about how we go after our dreams. Um, and you and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand, you know, so when life is not going good over here with all the people I'm doing it for that real connection, that real purpose of us being born into this world, that deep connection that shows up again and again for one another. If I'm not pulling back over here, when this is calling me to the best of my ability, I'm really missing the balance of it. And so keeping that in mind, we do have this purpose. And also we signed up for this job. I was a mom. I know none of us knew what we were getting into or signing up for. But one of the pillars of this type of parenting is to stay current with research. It's our main job. And whether we know it or not, it's our job to do it the best we can and to heal from past things. Oh, a thousand percent. And as you were saying that, you know, you already kind of touched on the next question I, I wanted to ask, but maybe we can dive in a little bit deeper. Being a mom can be incredibly challenging. We, we know that you and I know that. And to be honest, most moms, including myself, feel so unprepared for it, which is exactly why you have this program, which is exactly why you're doing what you do, because it is such a big task to take on. And so In your view, what are some of the common limiting beliefs, judgments, or maybe even misconceptions that moms bring into their parenting journey? I love your questions. They're amazing. (laughs) They're deep. They're multi-level. So first of all, the idea that we're not prepared for it, I don't believe that that's a limiting belief. I believe that's your inner, our inner knowing telling us, yeah, your life's about to change. I think that the more we listen to our inner knowing, intuition, inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it, the more it speaks to us. And the more we answer it, it's clearer and clearer what we need to do to constantly live in our bliss and as if we're thriving. So preparing for this, making sure you're getting the best current research and to decide on how you want to go about this. And I know it's a lot of information out there to muddle through, but really spending the time to do it is so important or connecting with that person that you meet with and you're like, nope, they are following the most current. So this is my first in. I know that's what I do in a lot of things. Like when I decide to go organic, it's way too much to do all the research on my own. So I found somebody that I trusted and book that I trusted and I really um, kind of vetted her 
And then she had it all wrapped up in a nice little bow for me. So that's the one thing. And that's not a limiting belief. That's like, go and take care of that. The other one is, is that we're meant to do it alone, right? I'm going to keep my job. My husband's going to keep his job and we're going to have three kids and everything's going to be great. Really? We're not going to change anything. We're not going to get some support. So now we're both going to work full-time jobs during the day. And then we're both going to work full-time jobs at night. And I remember going to my husband, well, wait a minute, I'm not really happy in my job. And all we do is we spend time with our kids on the weekends because then five days a week, we're just eating dinner, rushing them for bath and putting them to bed. And they're crying because we don't have time to play with them. And so it was this realization and not everybody is as blessed as I was in that moment where I didn't need my income. It was a really nice income. I'd spent 15 years in a career, but what was I risking here? The purpose of life, deep, real connection. I had the opportunity to pull it that out at the hut, be a really horrible stay at home mom, but I figured things out. And so I think sometimes we think we have to do it alone, which I mean, Matt and I had other choices. We could have added on some childcare if our finances allowed or So I definitely want to speak to everybody. And I know growing up, my mom didn't have finances to pay for help. And she was single mom raising four kids. So how can she spend time with community to, she watches somebody's kids one day, they watch her kid another day. And I even do that now. And today I have friends where we just look out for each other and we best um, in our community and supporting one another. But I wouldn't have done all of that without this program because I thought, I could do it alone. And then the last thing that I'll point out, even though we could go on and on about this because the <laughs> limiting beliefs are really endless, is that thinking self-care is selfish. We become a mom. We put ourselves on the back burner. We even let go of a lot of friendships. And a lot of that's excitement. We're in a new marriage and we have these new babies and we're moving into this new chapter. And that's all great until things hit the fan a couple of years later. And you're like, oh my God, where, who am I? What, what is going on? Where is my own life? My, my own voice. I am running full speed ahead and it's sustainable for quite some time, surprisingly, but it does build up. And so self-care is not selfish. Hopefully every day, if I realize that that sounds really crazy to a lot of people. So I say, start with once a week, you know, maybe go out with the girlfriend once a month. If this is really foreign information to you getting back on this track, but we need more community than just our, our family as well. Oh my goodness. Those are so good. Mm-hmm. Literally perfect because these are simple things. These are things that sometimes as moms and as entrepreneurs, We want the next shiny thing. We want the next, what's the new strategy? What's the next? What's the secret? What's, what's going to make me go from here to here in 30 minutes? We want it fast. We want it quick. We want the secret sauce, but to be honest, let's go back to the fundamentals. The way that you think about something is your reality. And these limiting beliefs, these misconceptions can literally either boost your self-confidence or completely destroy it as Mm -hmm. a mom and as as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you mentioned, having a support system, wow. Like I do not know how, actually I... I want to say, I don't know how moms do it alone, but to be honest, they don't do it alone. (laughs) Like there's not a mom that does it all on their own and stay sane. Because Mm -hmm. as moms, we, we are giving everything for our child, for our children our mental capacity, our mental energy, physical energy, um, emotional energy that it it's so hard. You, you cannot stay sane. 
And that's why, you know, you mentioned self-care and, oh my gosh, I am such an advocate for self-care. And I say the same thing. I'm like, do self-care every single day, even if it's just five minutes, even if it's just five minutes. And it's true. You know, if you say implement self-care every single day, it can sound daunting, almost overwhelming. Like, well, I I can't be doing my nails and going to the spa every single day. That's not what self-care is. I mean, that can be part of it, but start as simple as taking two minutes to just breathe in and out just to be present. Take 30 seconds to go and get a glass of water. Something that may seem so simple, but can actually have such a big impact on your physical and overall health. And so, oh my gosh, like you just hit that so perfectly. It was so on point. I'm like, yes, like if you're, if you're listening to this episode and if there's anything that you will remember from it, those three things, because they can really change your life as a mom. And I know how overwhelming it can be. And I mean, I'm speaking from just being a first time mom with a new baby. I haven't even had my second one yet. So I know it can be tough. I can't even imagine having more um, and going through all these different stages that can be so tough, but thank goodness for this amazing program that you have and the content that you have, because you are able to be in a way prepared. It's like you have the toolbox for when you do have your, you know, your second, your third, your fourth child, and it becomes more of a, an enjoyable journey in the midst of sometimes having chaos, but it, it becomes beautiful instead of draining and overwhelming and almost becoming resentful at the season that you are in your life right now. So, oof, so good. Um, so I wanted to jump to um, another question, which is, um, could you explain the concept of nonviolent communication and how that enhances parent the parent-child relationship? Absolutely. It's amazing how we unconscious we are of the words that we use and the quantity of them and how unaware we are of the power of them. But just to give you a couple of examples, because I think these will resonate with a lot of people. Um, when we talked about emotions and how they're avoided, dismissed, guilted, or shamed at all costs, you know, we can think about things like boys don't cry. <laughs> you want to be angry about that? Go to your room. Oh my God. You're crying over that. That's ridiculous. And then we can look at what we expect our children to do. And when we, and they don't listen and we say things like, put your shoes here, your lunchbox here and your book bag on the hook. And we come in the living room and they're all just in a pile and they didn't listen to a word we said. And we say something like, how many times do I have to tell you? I tell you every single day, this is ridiculous. You don't even care that I spent the whole day cleaning the house. And when I go back to making that point that I said earlier, we're humans who don't understand humans. Our children aren't being bad. It's actually a function of their brain that they're missing this multiple sequence direction. And then later on at night when you're doing homework with them and they're spinning in their chair and you're going, why can't you just focus? What's wrong with you? Just look straight ahead. We don't you ever want to get this done? You know, and they're sitting down to dinner and finish your last bite of vegetables. Um, <laughs> stop moving in your chair. I mean... There's a whole plethora of things that we are saying and that I was saying to my children daily on repeat without the awareness of the quantity and the compilation of how that must feel to them. And then realizing that if I talk to my friend like that, my friend would stop being my friend. If yeah. I talk to my husband like that, he would not be okay with it. 
And so we have these standards for children that we don't have for our own selves and that we don't hold other grown adults to who have been alive as many decades as we've been alive. But we hold our children to these standards, even though they're less practiced. And um, it's really just being too harsh and it's lacking an understanding of how their physiology, the different systems of their body actually work. And so what we need to be aware of is that our words become their inner voice, right? So if I'm correcting them 200 times a day and micromanaging everything that they do, what would you believe about yourself? Probably that you're dumb and that you're bad and that you're incapable of doing it alone. And if I'm telling you this person who loves you more than anything and is your caretaker, and I'm telling you, you're rude for interrupting me. You don't care about anyone but yourself. You're going to believe me. And you're not actively making that choice as a child. You just know that this is your person who's supposed to take care of you. And that's how it's received. And this is what creates limiting beliefs in our children and leads into, um, low self-esteem and then, and then further problems. So, um, really bringing an awareness to the words that are being used in the home, the quantity of them, the quality of them. And notice how often we're judging so much judgment. And a lot of times we think we're providing empathy, but a lot of times not many of us know what empathy is. So a lot of conscious communications, but that's kind of an overview of some of the things. Oh, that's, that's so good. As you were talking, I was writing down two questions. I'm like, ah, I can't forget. But I once heard someone say that treat others how they will become. Sorry, I'm probably not um, stating that correctly. But in other words, what it's trying, what, what this phrase is trying to convey or to say is don't treat someone as like you were saying, like, why don't you put your shoes away? I told you three times. Do you not listen? Do you like, is it not going through your head? You're almost, it's almost like you're telling them they're dumb, right? Instead of saying, maybe saying it different in a more positive way. I'm trying to think of a positive way to say if you told them three times, but there's, you know, and I'm sure right now you have them in the tip of your, um, your tongue and in your mind of what to say, but maybe just a subtle reminder or like, honey, remember to put this, um, you know, in your closet. Okay. And I know we're just tied on time. So I will go ahead and um, ask these two questions really quick. And this was totally not planned, but I figured that if I have these questions, I know that mompreneurs who are listening would as well. And that um, the first question that I have is, when do you know if you're being too permissive? Right? So in the, in the sense, and I know you'll go over this and you go over this in your program. So I, I know you won't go super deep, but you sometimes are strict with your child because you don't want them to manipulate you almost like, oh, it's fine. Mom will let me. She's a pushover or something like that. Does that make sense? So how do you know if you're being too permissive or is it actually helping or is it not going to help in the long run? Yeah, there's a whole week on values and boundaries. And so you take time to define what your family values and you do this with your partner. You can even do this with your children, depending on their age. And then from that value stems a boundary. So if I value keeping my home clean, then the boundaries within that are when my kids come home, they're responsible for putting away their stuff. And so it's my job to uphold that boundary. If we've decided that that's important to our family And so if I know while I'm in the kitchen and they're arriving home, me yelling from across the room ends up in a pile of stuff, 
then I greet them at the door when they come home. Or if I brought them home, I don't leave their side. And I say, here you go, shoes in here in the bin. So of course, this is how you would talk more to toddlers. Mine are a little bit older right now. Um, and if it's my older kids, I would say, guys, don't forget to put your shoes in the bin and I'll stand there until it's done. If it's something that we're working on and then they'll start to walk away, of course. And then I'll say, oh, put your lunch bag on the um, counter, please. And grab your backpack because those go straight into your room. Nice. And so I'm there I'm making eye contact. I am being encouraging instead of degrading when I'm talking to them and I'm holding them accountable and I'm not doing it for them. So I'm being clear, positive and encouraging. And when we go by their side enough and do it, they're more willing to be more cooperative. So we build connection to get collaboration um, and cooperation instead of commanding it. Absolutely. And I can see them being more willing to do it when you tell them one more, you know, in a week from today, honey, put your shoes away. They're more likely to do it because you, in a way you trained them to do that the week prior. So that was, I love the way that you shared that. Um, so if, you know, if I'm a mompreneur, which I am, right. And I'm struggling with all these things. I'm like, okay, well, I've already yelled at my kids 10 times and it's only 7 a.m. Where can I start? What is something simple that I can start with today to start making a change in my home? You know, I think that the books, um, podcasts, signing up for newsletters to be on the mail list of um, those who hold your core beliefs and values or ones that you think you want to adopt. It's really important. It's easy. It's low cost. That doesn't create transformation. Um, and also just being aware, especially in that early toddler age, right? Like the years kind of build up quick. And like I said, we can kind of be resilient for quite a few years. And it was when my girls were ages three, five, and seven that I went, oh my God, this has been going on for years. And it just gets away from you like that because we think it's a part of parenting. And when I consulted everybody, they were like, yeah, parenting's just crazy. This is just how it is. And yeah. so you really, I even started to convince myself that at one point, like this is just how it was. So really getting an understanding early on that how we handled, yes, it is normal for kids to get district regulated, which is what we usually call tantrums. And there's a process to work them through that early on. But instead, we kind of let the years build up. And there, if so, if you're not following a process, you don't have something concrete and foundational and science-backed and current that you're pulling from, and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, I think that that is, you know, get get some resources that feel good and feel right. I love that because it's true. If you don't know where to look and if you don't become aware of what's of how you can improve, then it's going to be really hard to even take the first step. So, wow. so, so good. And I actually have a free giveaway for anyone listening. Um, if you go to findmyzenfam.com forward slash seven habits, that will walk you through seven things that are happening in most homes. It's a video. It's also a PDF. So you can check it out in any format that you like, but that would put you on my mailing list. Um, and you get all kinds of free tips, tricks. Um, I have individual couples and group coaching that I do all throughout the year. I do free discovery calls. So you'll just have access to all that at your fingertips. So if the time arises and you're like, I'm ready to make more of a move, you'll be getting that information regularly and um, you'll already have some resources. 
And I list a lot of the scientists and um, researchers that I follow. So again, so many resources. I'll list my favorite books in them at time to time. Breathing techniques you can use going from work into your home to prepare yourself for your next job of parenting. Um, so that's where kind of the yoga comes into it a little bit as well. But they overall are two kind of separate things. But breathing is our best um, practice whether we're in business or at home or combining the two. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I will go ahead and add those links in the show notes. And where can these mamas connect with you? Is it Instagram, Facebook? Where are you located um, the most? Primarily, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Zen Fam Parenting and Yoga. And I'm also on TikTok and YouTube. Okay, perfect. I'll go ahead and add those things in the show notes as well. But Jessica, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your valuable knowledge and expertise and experience with these amazing mamas and myself as well. I know that I've taken so much out of it. So thank you. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to working together more in the future as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And until next week. Thank you for tuning into another empowering episode of Minding Bliss. I hope you found inspiration and practical steps and strategies to elevate your mindset and navigate the joys and challenges of mompreneurship. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an opportunity to feel your growth and transformation. And hey, mama, you know sharing is caring. So feel free to share this podcast with other mompreneurs who could use a dose of inspiration in their day. Also, I would love to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway? Send me a personal message to my Instagram at empowering period mompreneurs and let me know now before I go please remember this one thing you have the power within you to create a life of bliss it all starts with the transformative power of your mind keep believing in yourself taking inspiring action every single day and embrace the journey until next time mama keep thriving keep shining and keep minding bliss